Hello, ladies. How are you here? Well, today we are going to be looking at the topic of how to start a podcast. Um, using, mm, okay, maybe there are more than five steps, but let's just see how we go. Um, in that, in that, in this podcast or episode, should I say, um, on how to start a podcast, I'll be covering, um, several different, uh, subtopics, including, uh, mindset, frequency, niche research, equipment, uh, hosting, marketing, um, and I think that's it. Oh, and design. Sorry. One more thing. Design. All right. So let's jump right in. Yes, you heard right. The very first thing I'm going to cover in terms of categories is the whole idea around mindset. And you're probably thinking, ah, come on, Alvin, mindset again. Yes, mindset is so very important. Um, unlike blogging, well, I can't even say unlike blogging, but any kind of other, um, venture or project you decide to get into for the long term, you're going to need to have the right mindset. Um, around it because it's a long-term project. It's not something you do for three or six months and then you jump out of it. It's something that you have to do for three, five, even 10 years. So going into it with the right mindset really, really help you to set yourself up for success and not to give up um, in the first few weeks or months. So along with that mindset, uh, you need to have then the passion and uh, skills or talent that goes along with it. So to bear in mind, the only reason why I'm fo- focusing on mindset is because this is a long-term project. The last thing you want is for your audience to sort of subscribe to your podcast and then within 10 weeks, you throw in the towel and say, okay, I had enough. Um, that's it. It's just too demanding on my time etc. And the good thing is I can show you the shortcuts that I use uh, or that I've actually found to get to where I am today. So once you've um, decided, okay, I'm in it for the long term and these are my interests, my skills and my passion that I want to talk about, then you have to decide on the frequency. So how often do you want to run a podcast? As you know, mine does, um, my episodes come out once every week. But for you, it could be once a month. It could be every day. And I really discourage you, discourage you, um, especially when it comes to creating content to do podcasts every day, unless, of course, you've got a lovely content creation department with a team that will be able to do all the necessary content that you need. If you don't, then please, please stay away from doing it every day. You can do it every other day or maybe twice a week, um, but pace yourself so that you wouldn't really um, suffer from burnout or stress too much. You can start once every two weeks or once a month, and then you can build up from there. And the reason why, another reason why frequency is important is because um, with your podcast hosting, they allow you to upload a certain amount of um, a storage 
well, not necessarily storage, maybe audio, um, yeah, let's call it audio storage for the time being um, on a weekly or monthly basis, depending on how you're going to pay for it. So it's important to know um, how much you're going to do every week. So say, for example, I like to do podcasts that's about 20 minutes long. You're looking at roughly 20, 20 megs of data, audio data. Um, so just pencil that in your head. So when you're looking at all the different podcast hosting offerings, you, you know what that, that looks like. Anyway, I'm jumping ahead of myself. Next up, we have uh, niche research. So, you know, I covered niche research in an, an earlier podcast, but niche research is so very important. And you're probably thinking, oh my goodness, she's talking about niche research again. But for podcasting, it's important because you need to know who your audience is, what they're interested in, what you're going to talk about. Because you can't, obviously, there are people who do lifestyle uh, podcasts, um, but you can have a podcast going all over the place. And the last thing you want to do is that you want something that's very specific. Um, for example, mine is around, you know, social media, blogging and podcasting, that kind of a thing. Um, I don't want to suddenly start talking about um, let's see, coats and handbags. Well, I know I mentioned it in terms of niche research, but it's not specifically around coats and handbags. But you get what I mean. You want to do the niche research to make sure, because this is a long-term investment, to make sure that you're talking about stuff that the audience is interested in. Obviously, you're going to get feedback from your audience as you go on this journey. But in the meantime, um, stick to your niche Um it's good for you, good for the search engines, good for the social media, good for your audience, because your audience would know what to expect whenever they listen to your episodes. All right. All right. So next up, we have um, equipment. So this is a kind of a tricky one, because I remember when I was looking into podcasting about 12 months ago, I just wanted so very much to um, get a decent, well, decent equipment, not necessarily one decent thing, but decent equipment, generally speaking, De decent software, De decent um, hardware, decent everything. And then I decided not to. But before I get into that, I just want to give you a sort of an overview as to you go to different websites, apart from just my own, you go and do your research, your due, due diligence, as they call it, and find out, you know, what everybody else is using. What do the experts say are the best items? So let me start by focusing on the creation. So in order to create um, podcasts, when it comes to um, learning how to get into podcasting, um, you have two different elements. You have the hardware, so the stuff that you talk into or... Um, stuff that you use for helping with sound or that kind of a thing. And then you have the software. So in terms of um, recording hardware, some of the recommended hardware that you would find on most um, sort of guru sites, I guess is probably the word I'm going to use, are things like um, specific microphones. So the top two that you'd see off, over and over again are the Rode Podcaster and the Blue Yeti microphone. 
Then you have things like pop filters that um that will actually help you um with pronunciation and to prevent um spittle going on your um expensive microphones, as well as um when it comes to pronouncing S's and P's and T's to reduce the impact of that um when it comes to the sound. And the reason why um that kind of equipment is important is because it's very often said, you'll probably read this everywhere, that the you're better off controlling the quality that goes into the recording rather than trying to fix it after you've recorded it. Um, and the reason for that is that you can spend a lot more time doing post-production or fixing the mistakes um, of the recording rather than um, enjoying the whole experience of recording and then doing the post-production itself. Hence the reason why we advise you to do that. So I mentioned there before, Road Podcaster, your Blue Yeti, your Pop Filter. Um, one of the things I advise you to do as well is to have uh, headphones. So the reason why you want to have headphones is because, um, especially if you're doing something like guest podcasting, so you have yourself and your guest, you want to hear how that sound is coming out um, before it actually, or while it's actually hitting, or, or while it's actually being recorded into um, the software. Uh, next up, you have the Audio Technica uh, mic. So a lot of people into podcasting, they actually um, decide to use what we call the entry-level mic is what they call this one. So uh, uh, you'll see it in the notes, in the show notes or in the in the actual post or article that I wrote, but it's called the um, Audio Technica ATR2100 and they've got a USB or XLR. And the difference between the USB and XLR is the USB goes directly into your USB port in your computer and the XLR then is used for a mixer if it is you. Especially good if you have a mixer when you have like a, an in-studio guest. So you say for example you have a, a panel of four people talking, you probably need four mics uh, and you can't do that into a computer. You'd need a mixer then to plug that all in um, and then, you know, be able to control each person's mic as it, as the input is going from there into your uh, computer. All right. So that's rec recording equipment in a nutshell. Let me just make sure. Actually, there's one thing I forgot off the list. Um, when it comes to headphones, one of the recommended ones that I've heard everywhere is the Beats Studio 2. And then what they also recommend is the mic stand. So the reason why you get a mic stand is because you don't want um, any kind of vibration or you're trying to avoid, yeah, basically vibration. So the computer, for example, has a hum. And if you have the mic directly on the, the tabletop with the computer, you get a hum on the mic, especially for um, condenser mics like the Rode Podcaster. It picks up everything. So that's why they advise you to have a, a mic stand where it, it sort of is independent away from all the humming equipment that you're using for your recording. Um, okay, in terms of software then, the top seven that's recommended for recording software are Audacity, um, GarageBand, especially for Mac, Google Hangouts, um, Skype plus Ecamm recorder. That's really good if you're recording um, guest podcasts. Pamela for Skype. 
ScreenFlow and Zencaster. Okay, these are the popular ones. I'm not saying that these are the ones I'm using. I'm just showing you, giving you a list of what's popular. Okay, so that's for the creation. So once you've created this audio file, it then you can then download it to your computer and then you have the post-production or we call the fixing, fixing it or pre prepping it for the final production before you upload it to your podcast host. So one of the things that you would need then for um, post-production, the equipment or software, um, some of the popular ones that's being used are ones like Camtasia, Audio, uh, sorry, Adobe Auditions, and Orphonic. All right. So you would see all of these in the notes. There's no need to take a pen and paper, but if you're driving, just, you know, listen to the names and when you see them, you know what I'm talking about because maybe my pronunciation isn't that great, but you get an idea from hearing the names that I'm talking about. All right. So after you've gone and you have uh, recorded the, um, the actual episode, uh, what you then do is um, you need to, like I mentioned, do the post-production. So you fix it, you add your intro, your outro. Um, if you like me and you want to add music as background music, you can do that. Um, and what, I, what I'm going to talk about then is what I actually use myself for, um, for all three things, for creation, for and for for creation both equipment as well as software and then for um post production so that you can get an idea of how you can actually um how you can start a podcast on a, a very tight or low budget and you don't have to worry so much about getting extremely professional quality sounding um podcast so for me for creation what I actually use, and I'm, as I'm talking to you right now, I use a bit of um, desktop software called um, Spreaker. Um, and yes, I'm not pronouncing it wrong. It's like Spreaker with an R in between the R between the P and the E. So Spreaker. Um, they are actually a podcast host themselves, but they also offer this really cool um, desktop download as well as a mobile phone app. So that you can actually record um, podcasts on the go or on your desktop. Uh, obviously, you can use the cloud version, but this is what I use. So that's the software that I, I use to um, record the actual uh, episode. But most importantly, if I had, if I'm doing a guest podcast, I'd use it as well. And that's one of the reasons why I use it is that it can actually connect into Skype. So you can actually record a guest podcast as well. All right, so I've used it for one of my previous episodes, which you will see. I probably make a mention of it in the actual um, post itself. And then, in terms of hardware, believe it or not, I just use my um, computer, obviously, and which the software sits on, the speaker desktop software sits on. And um, together with that, I use um, my Mac earplugs or air. Air headphones or whatever you would like to call it. Airphones. Um, so this is standard Mac earphones. It has a mic and, and head, and, you know, earplugs with it. So that's what I use for recording. 
And when it comes to post-production then, so once I um, record the episode into the Spreaker Studio desktop software, it then allows me to download that. Once I download that, I use um, three different, two different pieces of software. I believe it is two different pieces of software to um, for post-production. So I download it and I bring it into um, Filmora. So if you ever heard about it, it's it's similar to, I guess, Camtasia, but it's a low-cost edition. Um, as far as I know so far, you're probably talking about less than $100. I think this software, um, probably around 60 or $70 annually. It's not a monthly figure. It's just an, or once off, I think it is. Oh, five years. I can't remember, to be honest with you. I bought it ages and ages ago. So I can't remember. And I think it was a five year when I, I bought five year license. But anyway, you get the idea. You buy it and you can just grab the audio file and drop it into Filmora, bringing your, um, your intro and outro there and any background music, listen to it, make all the necessary adjustments. And then from there, I save it as an MP3 file. And then I export that um, in, onto my hard drive. And then I import it into uh, Orphonic. And Orphonic just takes it, removes, you can remove any sort of hiss or hum. Um, you can set up a, a preset for um, any of your audio, audio um, podcast files. I have a preset in there, uh, which I'll show you a screenshot of um, once I've, you know, written the actual blog post, so you can see what I my, what settings I use, um, and then it produces it. Um, there's a free version of it. I think it gives you two hours a month for free, um, but I use it for video as well, so I have a paid version. But most of the time, um, I only started paying for it in the last couple of months. Most of the time I use it free, two hours. And the cool thing about it is it actually, um, you know, and you can actually put in your, your ID3 tags and you can put in, you know, whatever it is, settings or, um, presets you want in the background. And it also reduces the size of the file significantly, which means that you pay less for podcast hosting. All right. Let's see, making sure I didn't forget anything there when it comes to equipment and software and all that fun stuff. So I was saying before that I really, really, really wanted to get the Rode Podcast. It seems to be the microphone to get when it comes to, to well, to buy and to use when it comes to podcasting. So to get a pop filter, the mic stand, and, the mic. and in the end, I decided I'm going to hold back and wait until... I've gotten to episode 20, so it's just to see if I can make it that long because uh, at the outset I realized oh, this is a really huge commitment to be recording a podcast every week to come up with the titles, I guess. Well, coming up with the titles is not hard for me because I probably have a hundred titles that I can think of, but I just want to make sure that the value is there for you, my lovely listeners. Um, and it's timely. It's something that, you know, that makes sense to, to produce, that I have the time to do it, that I have the passion to do it. 
Um, and that's the reason why I decided not to invest a whole lot of money up front because the road podcaster alone, depending on where you buy it, it's $200 a pop. I mean, it's probably worth it because I have a road lapel mic myself. I've had it for a few years now and it's really, really good. I use it for recording videos, which I hook into my, um, to my, um, smartphone. But the road podcaster, um, sorry, road lapel mic is not really good for podcasting because it, it doesn't give me the ability to listen while I'm recording with, um, airplugs. It's just a lapel mic. Um, so it's really good for videos only. Anyway, before I run out of time, just want to let you know now, next up I have hosting. And when it comes to hosting, there are several different hosts, um, out there, as you can imagine. Um, and I'll give you, I guess, what we would consider the top 10, um, that's available currently on the market. You might hear me clicking away in the background here. I'm just going through, go to the list because I didn't pull up the list into Xmine. But the top 10 on the market are Libsyn, Blueberry, three is Blog Talk or Radio, Spreaker, like I mentioned, Podbean, Buzzsprout, Fireside, SoundCloud, Simplecast, and Zencast.fm. Um... I've looked at very di many different sites um, and that's how I came up with the top 10. It might jig around in maybe in five months, six months, one year, five years time. It will be totally different, but those are the ones that are available right now as of today. Um, and as you can imagine, being the person I am, loving troubleshooting and, and trying things out, I've tried five of them. The five I personally tried are Libsyn, Blueberry, Blog Talk Radio, Spreaker, and SoundCloud. So I'm just going to give you a, a sort of breakdown of, about those five. So Libsyn, very good, very professional. You can get your own app and all of that. I personally didn't like it. Um, it just increased the amount of time I spend doing post-production. And like I said, I mean, I prefer to record really well. So I spend very little time doing post-production, which I do right now. Uh, probably takes me the bones of not even half an hour, maybe maybe five, 10, 15 minutes to do post-production, if so much. Um, the thing that takes me the longest is actually writing the post. And I can speed up that process by doing the transcripts like I did before, but I decided I want to write posts because I totally enjoy writing posts and putting in screenshots and all that fun stuff. Um... So yeah, it didn't, I didn't really, it didn't really suit my, the way I, I operate my, my blog and my podcast. So it's really good if it is, you probably don't have your own website. Um, but yeah, I'll talk about that a little later on. Um, yeah, but it's up to yourself. If it is you, that's, you know, suit your requ particular requirements. They're good. They have like, um, webinars and stuff, free webinars that they, they teach you and all of that. So it's good in that sense. Was it wasn't my cup of tea, um, but yeah, that just gives you my feedback on Libsyn. Next up, we have Blueberry, um, and I actually currently still use them. I've used them. I used them, then I moved away from them temporarily, and I moved back. Really good. Um, their WordPress plug 
plugin is the absolute bomb. It helped me um, publish my uh, podcast to several different directories, including iTunes and Stitcher and TuneIn and, you know, all the rest of them. Um, they also are considered to be the world's largest podcast directory. So the directory of all the people who are involved in podcasts. Um, and the cool thing, what well, the good thing about that is that you have an existing audience there then who, without having to advertise or do any sort of marketing initially, who would tap into your podcast episodes just for you, you know, just for you to see what a take up is like without even having to spend a dime on marketing. Um, what else is good about them? Like I mentioned, they have a plugin. You can just put the, um, link to the, uh, audio file that you, that you grab from Blueberry itself and stick it into WordPress. And then you can, um, you can schedule your, uh, your posts and it, you don't need to, um, do anything else. It just, once the, sh- the post is published, um, your podcast episode goes live to the world. And that's probably one of the things I didn't like lip sync for because it, you, you have to literally, um, copy and paste everything from that you, that is in your sort of blog post or transcript and stick it into, to, to lip sync. It just was too much work for me. Um, but yeah. And you have to format the text and, oh, it's just too much work. Whereas I can really format it really, really nice and easy. Their WYSIWYG isn't very, 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 um, UI. The UI isn't very friendly. Um, blog talk radio. I use them for probably two months. Um, they appear to have a really good feature for um, guest podcasts. Um, I use it with one of my um, guest podcasts. It was a bit um, unfriendly in terms of getting it going. We had to sort of uh, um, push out the podcast start time to a different time. It seemed like a very professional side, but I don't know. I don't think it's for me just yet. Like the name suggests, Blog Talk Radio, you can actually do live um, podcast uh, as well if you want to have an one. It could actually go, because, you know, Blog Talk Radio have their existing um, audience there and they can, you can actually just schedule, okay, you're going to go live at this time and, and stuff like that. So it's just like a Facebook Live, except it's a podcast live. Um, very professional back end, you know, but I just didn't like the experience. It just didn't suit the way I operate. It was just adding too much time to my, um, to my, you know, whole production setup. I didn't, I didn't really enjoy it, but totally recommend it if it is you're looking for to eventually go, um, the radio route. Next up, we have Spreaker. Um, like I mentioned, I, I currently use that as well. Um, because it's really, really good for, the desktop uh, uh, studio, as well as the mobile device. It is a, there's an app for that. And then they've got, obviously, their, their cloud version. And I still continue to use them. And I'll tell you the reason why I don't use them, because I, I wanted to use them full-time because I discovered that they have this really cool desktop version. But the problem is they don't have a good enough plugin that um, allows you to update your um your itunes um i'm trying to think of the, the best way to explain this um 
it just isn't very comprehensive and good as the, the Blueberry um, plugin. Their plugin is very basic. Um, and then what I could easily do then is take the the podcast feed from Blueberry and stick it in as the feed, uh, as letting Spreaker know that this is the feed that they need to pull from. And I just pull the podcast. I mean, all of it is automatically done for um, for you once you have the initial setup. Um, I will try and, and record a course on how to, you know, step by step, how you go from zero to publish in terms of podcasting, because it's very hard to do that on a recorded podcast that you don't want to go way over 20 minutes. All right. Next up, then we have SoundCloud. So if you go to SoundCloud, you'll find some of my older podcasts there. I didn't continue to use them because they only allow you, um, I think it's 10, maximum of 10 episodes on there before you start paying. I didn't want to pay them because, well, there was no, this just doesn't make any sense. They didn't have a really good audience for um, podcasting. The audience is more into music. I do have a few followers in there, but, um, you know, it just wasn't cut out um, in terms of making me very efficient at publishing my podcast every week. All right. Right. So next up, then we have, um, yeah, so just, just to round off before I continue on in terms of hosting, I currently use both Blueberry and Spreaker just in case you got lost there. I currently use two different hosts. It works out really well for me, like I said, um, because I was looking for one specific host that gave me both, um, a really comprehensive plugin, a nice, large directory that I can feature my podcast in, um, as well as the desktop studio where I can record my podcast. And I couldn't find one specific um, podcast host that does everything in one package. So now I'm using two podcast hosts every month. I'm paying for two of them. It's not a very expensive, actually. It's probably less than $30, $30 a month, which is nothing in the brand scheme of things. When you consider, you know, everything that you get for that package, including the statistics. All right. So next up we have, um, marketing. So I didn't want to do a whole lot of marketing, like getting, getting my fingers in every pie uh, all at once. So one of the things that you can use to kickstart your podcast is, um, heading over to um, Fiverr, fiverr.com. And there are people there who would actually help you market your podcast for a week or a month. And you can, that, that you can use that to kickstart your, um, your downloads and your podcast. I didn't use it initially because I already started getting downloads from, I think it was from day one. I started getting downloads. I, I can't even remember why I started getting downloads. Um, I guess because I was using Blueberry, like I said, the, the, la- the world's largest um, podcast directory. So people just started to download um, my uh, episodes. Um, and then when I, when I moved over temporarily to Spreaker, people were downloading from there as well. So I just probably had the correct audience. I don't know if I was lucky, but you can go ahead and try it. You, most of them come in a 30 day, a free 30 day trial. So try it out, see how you get on before you start paying for it. Um, but yeah, you, 
what I use right now is um, Pinterest, um, a bit of Facebook. I haven't gone into Twitter just yet. Um, and like I mentioned, I use all of the podcast directories. So very, very important because um, I've seen a lot of my um, women, women in business, women colleagues who only use one directory, like iTunes. They only use, they can only find them on iTunes. And I just thought it was kind of biased because there's so many people with Android phones that would love to listen to podcasts. Why would you only um, feature your podcast on iTunes? So hence the reason why you can find my podcast in nearly every possible directory you can think of, including iTunes, TuneIn, um, uh, Stitcher. Um, there's a whole lot of others that I can't even remember right now, but I, I just made sure, you know, podcatchers were, were taking up my podcast. I just, just went out to everyone. And the good thing about it, when you sign up for uh, Blueberry, they actually have, as part of their plugin, the ability for you to just go in and submit to all of these different directories, whether it be individually by taking the, the feed URL and then submitting it and getting approved. You know, it's really, really good. Um, and really important that you, you make sure that your audience can access you wherever. Right now, as I speak to you, I have people from nearly every, well, maybe not every country, but at least from 10 different countries including places like Japan and China, um, obviously United States, United Kingdom, all the big ones that actually download my uh, podcast every day, every week. And that would not have been possible if I decided, okay, I'm going to stick to iTunes only. That just you know, doesn't make, some, make sense. So please, please, um, when you uh, finally um, create your podcast, and with all your episodes, make sure you are with a, a host that allows you then to submit your feeds to all of the different um, podcast directories um, or podcast players. You know, it's really accessible from smartphones, all the different types of smartphones and smart devices on the market as much as possible. Next up, we have design. So this probably should have come before marketing. But anyway, it is where it is. So one of the most important things when you decide to um, create and launch a podcast is to have um, a podcast um, co cover art. Um, they recommend a minimum size of 1400 by 1400 pixels, maximum size of 3000 by 3000. Again, you don't need to have spent a lot of money on that. Uh, I think I spent $10 getting mine done. And when I got mine done, I got, um, for all of the other social media, um, uh, social media profiles as well. So YouTube, uh, Twitter, Facebook, um, and the likes. So I just, LinkedIn, you just, I just made sure I got covers for all of them. So when I'm ready to go on them, I can just go ahead because I've got the artwork already done. Get a really good quality artwork because the artwork is the thing that decides whether or not people would subscribe or download your podcast. Your artwork says a lot. Um, just trying to think what else. So podcast cover, um, color, your color palette. So a few weeks ago, I, I went through how to build a brand for your blog or build a brand for your big business. Please have a look at that because I went through all the whole idea about branding, 
um, you know, deciding on your audience, the value you're going to bring for them. So take a look at or listen to that particular podcast. It's very valuable because you need to decide um, if you're going to do a cover art, which you obviously need to do because um, iTunes, one of the requirements is you must have a 1400 by 1400 um, podcast cover art. And in order to get that, you need to know what you, what it's going to look like. So it's kind of like a logo, but kind of different um, because it's a different size and all that. But it, you know, it is what determines whether you're a quality podcaster or not. Um, so head on over to Fiverr. But before, actually, before you head on to, head on over to Fiverr, have a listen and a read of my podcast called How to Build a Brand for Your Business. Uh, because podcasting is going to be a business. It might start off as a hobby, but then it goes on to a business. Once you've gone and have a look and listen to it, make sure you get your, um, your, I'm looking for the word. Um, it's not the word, it's not mood, but what your brand is all about. What, what your brand stands for. Once you get that done, get your color palette done, get your fonts done as well. And once you have that and all in your head, then when you go over to Fiverr and they would, the person, they will ask you, you know, what's your website? What are you about? What's your, what's your niche? Um, what's your, what colors you want? Um, what, what, um, symbols represent you and your business or your podcast? You'll be able to answer those questions very fluently because you've sat down and thought really long and hard about um, what your podcast is about, what it represents, um, so that you will, you know, you'll have all of that locked down and you wouldn't have to go back and in two months time change and say, okay, I don't like, um, what this represents. One thing I did, um, I didn't get a podcast cover, um, design straight away. I actually just went over to, um, a stock photo website and got, the largest size photo that they had, headed, headed over to Canva and brought that photo down to size, 1400 by 1400, and used that initially in the first, I think it was the first two months or maybe six weeks. I just used a uh, stock photo as my, um, as my cover, my cover art. On that stock photo, I actually best put the name of the, the podcast, Success Unscrambled, and that was it for, for six weeks. And then, once I got into it, I decided to use Fiverr and got my cover art done. You can do this if it is you, you're not sure yet. It's something you want to get into. There's no point spending money unless you're absolutely sure this is what you want to do, um, long term. All right. I think I have covered everything else. Um, so just to, to cover in summary, you, have the right mindset. This is something you're doing for the long term. You um, then decide on the niche, what skills you have, etc. How often do you want to have an episode out? Once a week, for example, I do every Monday. Um, once you decide on that, then you do proper niche research and say, okay, what am I going to talk about? Come up with a hundred different topics on that specific niche. Then it could be general. It doesn't have to be very, very specific, like social media for craft, craft bloggers or whatever it is. It doesn't have to be that specific. It'd be just social media. And then you can break it down from there. 
and go down week by week, month by month, what you want to cover. Then once you decide on all of that, then you, for your very, very first, well, this is all about how to start your, how to start a podcast. So for your very first episode, you go in and you have a topic, you um, do a free trial of, say, speak, speaker, for example, if it is you want to use that. Like I mentioned, I tried a lot of the other um, recording software and none of them were working out for me. I tried GarageBand, I tried Audacity. Ugh, none of them gave me good results. I always had problems and noise and all of that in the background. You can just use the Spreaker Studio if you want or, you know, whatever software. Actually, one of the my first podcasts, I just recorded it on my smartphone, um, voice recorder, and then... Um, Obviously, the post-production for that was much more difficult than needed to be. But anyway, just start with what you have. Record it. Once you've recorded it, download it to your laptop. Um, um, get a bit of post-production software. It could be um, Filmora or I don't know what it is you have. iMovie. iMovie only says MP4s though. But say, for example, you have a PC. It might be Windows Media Player. I don't know. It depends on what you have on your laptop. Just use what you have for now and then you can invest later but Spreaker has a free free trial just go with the free trial for now try it out um record it um the hardest thing for me was getting an intro and outro i got actually got my son to help me choose the intro and outro believe it or not um because i just was finding it oh it's so hard to find what it is it represents and i might actually change it coming down the road it's not the final um intros and outros that I want to use, but it's it's good enough. Um, and then if you want background music, you can head on over to 123rf.com and, and use that there. Um, once you've done that, you take it out, you upload that, sort of save it as an MP3, upload that then into Ophonic. Um, it does all the scrubbing and scraping and cleaning and remove the noise and, and it actually levels um, levels out the sound. So I know there's, I think it's level later, or that's what it's called, that people used to use a few years ago, but that's not available anymore. Or Phonic actually levels out the sound for you. Um, so you sound very even. And once you're done with that, you download it, upload that then into your podcast host. It could be Spreaker, it could be Blueberry, it could be Libsyn, whoever you decide to use. Upload that. And then, um, you publish it. But my advice to you is to make sure you have a self-hosted website. It doesn't have to be a WordPress website. It could be just a website. Have a web self-hosted website. Because um, the cool thing about Blueberry, that's why I use them as well, is once I hit the publish button, because of the plugin, it actually puts automatically puts the player there in the post for me. I don't have to go and copy and embed and oh, the post-production thing. Like I can tell you, I use it. It's very simple to use. Um, but whatever suits you, whatever rocks your boat, please go ahead and use that. But don't stress it. Start with what you have for the very, very first episode and then work your way from there. All right. That's it for now, ladies. Thanks ever so much for listening. Enjoy the rest of your day and the rest of your week. Bye for now.